Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning, and I also want to thank my loyal listeners that pretty much join me on Mondays and Tuesdays here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, I'm not at home, and I am using my new mic, so I know that there are some individuals that are out there. If you know my personal phone number, can you please text me and let me know if this mic is working? Because I don't want to be talking, 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 and can't nobody hear me, but um, just let me know. So you know who you are. You know if you know my number. Text me. Let me know you can hear me. I would really appreciate it. Now, starting with today's show, today's show is a very interesting show, as I say most of the shows are, because the topics are topics that are utilized and brought to individuals' attention because it's things that individuals are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And today's topic has to do with stress. And not only stress with, in general, stress in children. When I was doing my Facebook Live, I brought up something, and I remember growing up, we weren't allowed to express our feelings. We didn't know none about emotions. I was so glad when they started bringing out, I came up with emojis, because emojis helped individuals to pretty much put a picture or a face with how they feel. Now, when kids around my growing up, we weren't talking to be saying that I'm stressed, I have anxiety, I feel depressed, because our parents was kind of the get over it parents, meaning we couldn't just do that. Now, I'm going to log on a guest, and then I'm going to do introductions to the show. Good afternoon, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm glad you can hear me. I brought me a mic. You know, with the start of school, and we're going to be talking about a lot of stressors and stress that kids are going under or going, are going through, it's interesting because I couldn't find no school supplies. I couldn't find no mics, no nothing. So I just had to buy what I could. So glad you can hear me. So that's a good thing. So I want to yeah, talk I about, okay, thank you. I want to talk about identifying stress in children, and then we're going to go into the show. Because when it comes to children, it's very difficult to teach them how to regulate their emotions, especially when children struggle with identifying the stressors. So with that being said, today's show is designed to address some of the things that children go through and could be a cause of stress. They did a national survey, and they found that parents rated school and friends as the biggest source of stress in their kids' lives. The survey also found out that 72% of children have negative behaviors linked to stress. So my question today is, how do you know when your child is stressed? And what are some ways that you can help your child endure stress? And we're going to talk about it. Now, thank you for calling in, Michelle. I appreciate it. Now, we talk about identifying stress in children. And you've been on the show before, and you have special needs children. And sometimes the special needs children is very difficult for them to verbalize how they're feeling or what's going on. So what do you want to add to the show? We talk about identifying the stress. Well, I will tell you, with, with special needs children or 
children without special needs, and of course, minor special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I identify it by my, with my daughter who can speak and is, you know, she does not want to do online PE and watch videos. She does not want to do online with the classroom. She started last week, and she did the first three days, and she said, I don't want to do this. And the way I knew she didn't want to do it was, one, she told me, but then when I tried to work her around it and see if I could talk to her, she would start having a fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, no, no. And she would, she would get verbally or just, like, start crying or emotional. And she wants to go to this program that I've set them up for the last three months since pandemic's been on. And so, I'm, in fact, I'm having an IEP on Friday because to make the addendum because, you know, we just can't change kids' schedules like this pandemic changes So, mm-hmm. because it stresses them. And so what I do when she gets stressed, um, I tell her, okay, you know what? Why don't you just go on and do some online stuff, education stuff and links, you know, that I've sent to the teacher and that she likes doing. And, with my, and so that's the way I've been working it. And um, I didn't, at first last week, I thought she would be fine because she lasted the first three days. But on Thursday, oh, no, that was it. It was over. So, um, <laughs> and she only lasted a couple hours at the most. And my son, wow. of course, he can't talk. So, you know, we just log on because the teachers, you know, have to do what they have to do according to the edu- Department of Education, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean it's fitting the children's best needs. And so, um, you know, my son, who you know is not verbal, you know, he says hi, hi, hi to his staff, and then they tell me, okay, they want to do unique, they want to do this. He's like, no. And so I even drove today, and I had iPads. I gave him an iPad, and I gave her a pad. And then when we got to the play group, they, they said, no, I don't want to do it. And mm-hmm. so they started, and my, my son just went, no, no. That's all he could say. I'm like, okay, so the way I deal with it is I just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what's best for him. And if he doesn't want to do this because this is not something he is able to do, then I'm going to have my program, which I've done up, and I'm going to email it to them on Wednesday and say, here's what I'm doing, and this is what they've been doing the last few months, and now you suddenly want to do online, so I need mm-hmm. to amendment put in the IEP. Um, yeah. And then, but to identify with their stresses, they're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want, I mm-hmm. want to go to, I call it play group. They want to yeah. have socialization and they get to go gotcha. play with other kids and things like that. Now, gotcha. the other kids, their stress has been like, I don't want to do this schoolwork here. It's not, it's boring, you know? Correct. I mean, I'm sure a lot of parents have the same thing and they, and, and what they're doing is they're putting it on the parents to make it happen. Yeah. Well, well, let me let me let me stop no, you there, Michelle. Fair. Let me let me stop you there, Michelle. It's interesting in regards okay. to what you're saying because you know I am a licensed therapist, and a lot of times I get information and referrals from parents. Yes. <laughs> Why you have a question? You need my help? Okay. All right, I'll be done in an hour. Okay, I'm getting a treat cut down in my Thompson house because that's where the structure too. Because Ryder can't go outside and play because grapefruit's all over the ground. So I'm trying to get all this stuff taken care of. But when we start talking about stress, and I want to go into signs of stress 
can be viewed as anxiety in children, and it often shows up as physical or behavioral changes. Children respond differently to stress depending on their age first. They also, the individual personality and their coping skills, which can cause many parents to overlook the underlying issues that may be causing stress in children. Now, when we're talking about that, and I, I hear what you're saying, and a lot of parents are concerned because not only do the child find it kind of boring to sit in front of a computer, the parents have to be at home. And when you have two or three kids sitting in front of computers and you're trying to keep them or keep their, their attention span going, and it's especially the kid has ADHD or learn differently, they want their social interaction, it can be a challenge. I know last night Ryder went to bed early because we had a long day, but he was up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I know it was the anxiety by me being here. He knew he had to go to school on Monday. And, you know, so we start talking about stressors. Stress looks differently for different people. So today we're going to be talking about recognizing the signs, common causes of stress, and what to do. And if you are a parent out there and you are experiencing this, give us a call at 516-387-1914. Now, Michelle, I have a question for you. How do you get your kids back on track when you see that they're distracted or don't want to sit in front of the computer or the iPad? What are some of your strategies? Well, um, let me, let me, I have them listed off, so maybe it might be easier. See, um, I tell them, you know what? I tell my son, okay, here, we're going to look at this and have some fruit, like some oranges or peaches. Yeah. Do you want some of this? Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to look at, I turn Bunk on, on Netflix. And I say, mm-hmm. he says, yeah. I say, okay, you want to watch Bunk? Yeah. Okay. Now I need five minutes this. Okay. And then I turn it on and he just looking looks at me. And then I just shut the TV off, and he'll watch it for a couple minutes, but that's it, you know, with him. With my daughter, or Back to the Future, something I know he wants to do or play, or his card. So it sounds like Um, like what you're doing, Michelle, is you're negotiating. We don't want to go into long, long stories, because I know it is a radio show, so we want to kind of keep it moving, but you're negotiating. Now, when we talk about identifying signs of stress in your children and teens, because it's not only... Yes, small children. We got kids going back to college, too. We got COVID going on. We got a lot of things going on. We got, you know, individuals are transitioning, and it is creating a lot of stress. Now, I'm reading, and I have an article, and it's basically called A Safe Place to Grow. And it talks about identifying the signs of stress in your children and teens, and it was written by a woman by the name of Mary and an individual by the name of David. And they indicate that young people like adults experience stress. It can come from a variety of sources, including doing well in school, making and sustaining friendship, and managing perceived expectations from their parents, teachers, or coaches. Some stress can be positive in that it provides the energy to tackle big tests, presentation, or sporting events, but too much stress, however, can create unnecessary hardship and challenge. Now, adults sometimes can be unaware when their children and teens are experiencing overwhelming stress. Turning into emotional or behavioral cues is important in identifying the potential problems and working with your young person to provide guidance and support to successful. 
we work through difficult times. Now, one of the things with the parents having to sit down with the children is to also provide guidance. And I know that's a challenge. And when you're talking about a kid sitting at home and you got the structure, I was talking to a lady this morning, a grandmother. She was saying she was trying to keep her grandkids motivated, active as they were doing their um, homeschooling or doing their not homeschooling, but school with the teachers online. And she found it to be a task, and it was very frustrating for her. So I like the way you use your bargaining system. And that can kind of, you know, reward them in regards to to doing some things. But I want to let the parents know, and these are some tips that come from the American Psychological Association on ways to recognize possible signs of stress. Watch for negative changes in behavior. Michelle, have you seen, and you talked about some of the, the things that you've seen, but can you describe some of the negative changes in behavior that you notice when your children are under stress? Uh, yeah, they, um, well, my son just usually probably shuts down completely. He just doesn't, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll just shake his head no to not everything. Even if it's a chocolate donut, he would shake his head no. Wow. Okay? I mean, so it's like, no, no. So I just, I have to walk away from it and just, you know, let him decide when he wants to gonna do it. My mm-hmm. daughter, she tends to copy people, as you know, but also she'll start um, talking to herself a lot. And, and then she'll start going like, because I've taught her how to do, when she gets anxious, yoga breath or breathing mm-hmm. meditation. So, and in fact, Saturday, apparently, I went out for a little while and they called me because they were a little concerned because she was, making some sounds that they're not used mm-hmm. to seeing. And I said, right. um, oh, that's an ang- it's at the stress and anxiety sign. Mm-hmm. Just tell her, it's okay, mommy's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's okay. She was happens mm-hmm. to be in a different environment on Saturday. But right. normally, even when she's in the home, she'll start mm-hmm. doing that, and I'll hear her talking to herself or telling you. herself, you need to stay calm. Okay. Now, some of the things and some common changes include acting irritable or moody, Withdrawing from activities that used to give them pleasure routinely, expressive worry, complaining more than usual about school, crying is another one when you see your child crying, displaying surprising fearful reactions, clinging to a parent or teacher, sleeping too much or too little, eating too much or too little, and that's for kids, routine, spending more time with and confiding in peers is a normal part of growing up, significantly avoiding parents. Abandoning long-time friendships for a new set of peers or expressing excessive hostility towards family members, and it may include that the teen is experiencing significant stress. While negative behaviors is not always linked to excessive stress, negative changes in behaviors are almost always a clear indication that something is wrong. Now, we have a caller on the line. Let me log on this caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in three zero. How are you doing? I've seen better days. Seen better days. Okay, what do you want to add to the show as we're talking about identifying stress and children? Identifying stress and what was that? How? Okay, now I know who this is. Identifying stress in children. You know, when you was a kid, I didn't know when you were stressed, 
but you would do things in preschool and come home stressed out. Then as you got in elementary school, you were stressed out. In middle school, you would always get sick every Friday, and I would tell the teacher, just let him take a nap or let him take a Every time you go to the nurse's office, I didn't know you was under a lot of stress, and I'm actually why your butt not at work, too. But what were some of the things that were stressing you out when you was a child? You're not even supposed to know who the caller is. Isn't well, I know your voice. I'm your mama. <laughs> I didn't know the number, but I knew the voice. So what were some of the things that were stressing you out as a kid? Because I, that's what we're doing is because we're talking about identifying stress in kids. And I was young when I had you. So I didn't know you was under stress. I didn't know that things was bothering you. I'm thinking, like, you're a kid. You're not supposed to be worried about these things. Are you, you know, your job is to go to school. And so parents are now having to do things differently because even as a therapist, I get so many calls from parents saying, my child has anxiety, my child is depressed, my child is, And I'm like, wait a minute, did these things, did they exist years ago? Or did we as parents minimize the symptoms? So I'm asking you now, because I've never asked you that question, what was it that every Friday you was in the nurse's office? Because it was close to the weekend? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, okay, close to the weekend. You was only a kid. And then a, 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 a... You got me scratching my head. Well, a lot of you things that's going on nowadays is men. Well, what are yeah, some of the stresses? Doing you... school on the internet. What was that? What what, what stressed what me out when I was younger? Because kids, like I said, you would always pretend. I never, like I never, I never, I never really had any 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 problems and stuff when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So you didn't deal with a lot of stress. Okay. So like I said, boy, you. I deal with kids. a lot of. It's just. It, it was older, just jeans. Okay. I think that's All what right. it was. Well, one of the things is understanding that feeling sick can be a cause of stress, and stress can also appear in physical symptoms such as stomach aches and headaches. So a lot of times parents that get kids uh, that say like you used to do, you I would always say your head was hurting. I said, but I said with those headaches. Yes. And if a child makes excessive trips to the school nurse or complains of frequent stomach aches or headaches when they've been given a clean bill of health by the physician, or if these complaints increase in certain situations before a big test, that child may be be experiencing a significant amount of stress. You know, Reggie, that was when I realized that you were doing constantly. Another thing is be aware of how your child or teen acts with others. You know, Michelle, a lot of times when we have other siblings in the home, you can tell if a child is stressed based on how they play and interact and communicate with their you ever siblings. Seen this, did you ever seen this movie mom called The Good Son? I did, yes, I did. A long time ago. Okay? Yes. Now, Michelle, what Yeah, about- Jeanette, Jeanette, you're right. You know, the thing about it, we said it, and I didn't, because you took on the next color, the crying and the behaviors when you're talking about with the siblings and how they interact and stuff. Um, yeah, and that and the headache, um, because my daughter doesn't usually complain of headaches, but my concern was more this time was thinking, 
this is the heat. You know, having uh-huh. heat exhaustion and heat stroke is a sign with a headache also. But when she has a headache or she's just really tired, I mean, they're stressed and they start crying, and I know, and they do start crying for no reason. So, um, but as far as other siblings, what was your question you were going to ask me? As far, well, because other you siblings start in the house? siblings acting differently with others because considering that my son just called in on the air, it brought up how he would be when he was in elementary school with his sister. And how they would bump heads or interact with each other. And I think he endured more stress when they were younger. When as a teenager, I think she had a lot of stress, but she minimized it and didn't want me to know. So they kind of didn't want to worry me about a lot of things. And at the time, I was parenting the way I was parented, so I didn't know any better. So I missed a lot of signs that my kids may have been under a lot of stress. And I'm even listening to him now. He's still even struggling with how to even verbalize some of the things because sometimes we don't even know that it's stress because we have a right. stress and we have bad stresses. What was you going to say, Reggie? What? Oh, no, that was me that said something yeah, about what you went. Oh, go ahead, Reggie. No, then with stress, too, it's like, I think it's sometimes, oh it's, I don't know, it's stress the same as anxiety? It can, it can overlap. See, the anxiety. That's what I'm saying. I know it can overlap because sometimes they're, I think sometimes they're worried and the kids are more anxious, but then you'd say, oh, they're stressed or they're anxious, and everybody uses a different term. Correct. You know, they're anxious or they're stressed. Correct. Um, and, and when you just said about your daughter, I guess your daughter, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting enough, you know, you know, you've met my daughter, my oldest mm-hmm. one, and she's very quiet to herself. So she does, she internalizes a lot of things, including anxiety and stress. And I just recently found out that, you know, I mean, I, she what is finally she, what verbalized is she about, it about her anxiety and stress about school, but it was after her father passed away that it all came out. However, before her father passed away and after her father passed away, both, she, she was, like, if I wasn't feeling good, you know, I, I, she would never, you know, she didn't really say, Mom, are you okay? Or is there anything I could do? And I took it as like she just was, she didn't want to deal with it. You know, if I wasn't Correct. feeling good, she didn't. Okay, so. I used to get like my feelings hurt, kind of like you don't. Need, are you thinking of yourself? And I just right. realized that somebody told me I had a friend out from Jamaica for a couple months, and I hadn't talked to her for a period of time. Shortly after my husband died, and then I was was not feeling well. She was answering my phone and texting her back, telling her that my mom can't talk right now and we're just Correct. trying to deal with everything. That's where I'm going with this and Michelle and Reggie, we're going to move the show along. And, but the thing is, that is true. A lot of times what happens is they internalize it and it comes out because they try to protect their parents or they don't I was in know. The, um, uh, matter of fact, matter fact I was in... I was, I was, I was, yes, Reggie. What would you say, Reggie? Her daughter, her, 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 her daughter was staying with, you know, her, well, matter of fact, she was, they stand with her, with, with, with grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she was like, man, I'm worried about my daughter and stuff. I, I don't want him staying in my home. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and I said, and man, what if that no? What if what if what if that kid that kid she gonna do what she chooses to do regardless? You gonna kick him out? And then that's a whole nother well, uh, separate story from stress and anxiety. And then and then if she be missing or something, okay, remember we on the live show. Now the thing okay. is, and like I said, sometimes a child and teen may basically seem like she's at her home, they're okay, but they will act out. A lot of times you see irritability. Yeah, but I say all, I say all that to say this. Hello, kid. Oh, Reggie. Not backing out. Reggie. <laughs> you on a live show, so if you go say it, <laughs> say it so we can keep it moving. We come I'm children to watch are often I'm not to familiar with face. words. <laughs> Because children are not normally familiar with words, and it's mean, they may express feelings of distress through other words such as worried, confused, annoyed, and angry. Children and teens may also express feelings of stress by saying negative things about themselves or the world around them. And that's another thing that kids will do. And we have to know when to seek help. You know, you don't always have to run and take your kid to a therapist or try to put them on psychotropic medications. But you do want to, we do need to do better with listening to our children, making sure that we are creating a safe place for our children. And we also have to know when it is time or when it's to the point to where you're not able to not help, but when you're able to get additional help from other people. And a lot of times families are, you know, they're afraid, they're ashamed, they don't want people to know their business. But kids are carrying a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Like I said, I even see Especially it Especially with everything that's going on right now in these, in these time of days. I understand. I understand. They've got a bunch of and stuff on their plate. That, okay, so when you say especially what's going on in these time of days, because there is a lot of different things going on, and a lot of times individuals, we think it may be one thing, and it could be something else that they may be enduring or that they're going through. Now, let me give you some information in regards to, and we talked about the, um, the mental health of young children, signs of special children, crying or screaming, afraid to separate from parents or caregiver, not eating, losing weight, having nightmares is another one. With elementary school kids, you'll find feeling guilt or shame, um, trouble concentrating, not sleeping well. So there's things that we have to learn to do when we start seeing some of those signs and some of those symptoms, and that's just to just name a few because there are more signs that children go through. Now, I also want to share when we talk about some of the common stress in children because trying to figure out what the stressors can be, big changes in the family. When there's a change in the family, and Reggie, one of the things you endured was a lot of death. We had a lot of death. We had financial issues. I was in school. So a lot of that kind of led to you and your sister's stress, which is probably what I believe now. Another thing is parental instability. When parents are not stable or they're dealing with things, whether it's employment or lack of employment, financial issues, Parents going through a divorce, relational issues, fighting, parents drinking and using drugs, all of that also affects the children, whether parents realize it or not. 
overpacked schedule. Sometimes when kids have things back to back to back and they have too much on their plate, that could be a problem. Academic pressure, popularity, trying to be popular, bullying, um, catastrophic, uh, catastrophic events. We got this pandemic going on right now. Some parents are not even allowing their children to watch the news. Why or not? We seem like we're just addicted to CNN. All we do is watch it all day long. Another big thing is a scary movie or book. That is another thing that can cause kids to stress and have nightmares. Now, stress may be a response, like I said, negative change in child's life. In small amounts, stress can be good, but excessive stress can affect the way kids think, act, and feel. And children have to learn how to respond to stress as they grow and develop. And one of the things that I'm seeing as a therapist is if parents don't know how to deal with stress, how are they going to teach their children how to deal with stress? And that's exactly right on the money. What did you say, Reggie? I said you said the right words. True. Because you cannot give what you do not have and you cannot teach what you don't know. So if parents are walking around here negative, stressed out, I was watching you yesterday on Facebook Live with Princeton. And that kid is so stressed, it's ridiculous. And I can hear it in his voice. But what are some of the ways, and I saw you trying to let him have fun, you were trying to carry him, and, you know, he laughing and playing. But that kid is under a lot of stress. And a lot of times we miss it because we think kids have nothing to worry about. And I'm not saying that they should worry, but what I'm saying is we have to do better with helping our children manage stress. Now, I want to give the listeners some information on how to help your child. And there are healthy ways in which your child can cope and respond to stress. They just need some help and guidance. Michelle? But what would have a child to stress? It it, it got to be like something, like a child to experience something, like probably maybe tragic or anything, like death, stuff like things that I belong in. No, happen. I just shared a lot something of things. Something that went on to just, or just, or just stress out or under, won't understand what their mom going through and stuff. That's the answer, Reggie. A kid stress out for a lot of different. A kid is stressed when they come home or they live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of drive-bys. A kid is stressed when they come home and their parents are fighting. A kid is stressed if it's a whole bunch of people living in a house. A kid is stressed when the parents are not stable. Kid is stressed when they're getting pressure added onto them by their parents. Kids are stressed when they're being bullied. Kids are stressed for a lot of different things. Watching scary movie with children can make kids have nightmares at night. There's a lot of things. People are, I mean, I was at home one day, and I heard a kid screaming, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, and I shared that several times, where a kid was afraid of going to school because of the pandemic, of the coronavirus. Why do you used to even say when, before the corona first started, I don't want the coronavirus, I don't want the coronavirus. So there's a lot of things that are stressing children out. We got this heat wave in California. We got fires going on in California. We got parents unemployed. We got domestic violence. 
We got child abuse on the Yeah, that's what, that's what brings that right up. It, yes, it do. So, therefore, as a parent, we have to pay attention to things so that we can help our children. So, when you ask the question, why are kids I dressing? I my family the other day, man. I was like, shoot, as long as I got money, you got money. Yeah, right. So, don't worry about nothing. Uh, mm-hmm, sure. So, again, when we talk about these stress and these articles in regards to how can we help our child with stress? One of the things is at home, create a Kids relax- are broke. It starts with the it starts yeah. with the parent. I said that, Reggie. So so, create so, so if I'm so relax- if I'm around you and you and you and you got some stuff going on, of course. And I'm a little kid. I'm not. I'm not. A- okay, I just muted him. Create a relaxed home atmosphere and commit to routine. Meaning family dinners, game nights can prevent anxiety and help relieve stress. Make your home calm, safe, and secure place to come to. If you don't want to go home, or your kids not going to want to be at home either. Monitor your child's television shows, video games, and books. Keep them involved. Allow for opportunities where your child can have control over a situation in their life. A lot of times kids are stressed because they feel they have no control. They feel they have no say. They feel that things are in total chaos and they can't contribute. Well, sometimes even hearing your kids out. One of the biggest things that I see in a lot of homes is the lack of respect. And we don't listen to our children. So, again, Allow them the opportunity to have some control over their situation, but hear them out so that they can offer something important. Give your child the heads up on any anticipated changes and talk through new scenarios for them. For example, if you're going to be taking a new job, if you've got to move, have that conversation with them. Let them feel involved. A lot of times kids feel like parents just do what they want to do, and people will say, because I'm grown. I get that but it doesn't mean that your child is not concerned. Any comments, Michelle or Reggie, in regards to some of the things that I just went over? By keeping your kid involved, by talking to your child and making sure your home is safe and secure place for them to come home to. I think those are all good things, and and I think you know my daughter. I mean, I've talked to you about, you know, like my daughter, um, I my therapy that I've gone to, and I've, and I've gone to therapy with you. Um, I still think it's good to go to therapy when a lot of people think, oh, I don't need therapy. Well, you know what? Just talking to somebody for 45 minutes once a week, that's, you know, like whether you're a therapist. I mean, you can talk to your friends, but you know, you can talk to a therapist I think is a good idea. And I just had my therapist ask me if I wanted to continue, and I said yes. And my daughter... Brianna is asking me, can I talk to Dr. Skip or, or, or Miss Jeanette? And I said, Miss Jeanette doesn't work on Sundays. I said, I'll let her know. She says, I can go to therapy. And I'm like, okay. See, because she knows that I talk to that. So when I talk, I have to do it when she's not around. Because then she said, mm-hmm. now she's getting to where she's, I mean, she's really expanded a lot in the last few months and verbalizing mm-hmm. things and actually 
it's sad to say she's doing a lot better at home and in this program than she was when she was going to school. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the therapist goes, I mean, if she listens, if somebody tells her stuff and talks to her about it, and I'll say, where did you get that from? Oh, uh, Miss Nicole said, I have to not spit or I can't go read, feed the horses. Okay, that's good. One of the things you're talking about, Michelle, is you're setting an example. You're letting them know that it's okay to have someone to talk to. You're giving them coping yeah, skills. You're teaching them how to resolve conflict. What did you say, Reggie? Oh, you unmuted me, huh? No, I was just talking to myself. I said, what type of example are you setting, though? <laughs> you know, you have to realize when you're a parent, you're the teacher of the kids. Yes, you are. So you got to let them know when you're not around and stuff, man. Teach them life-learning things that they could continue on with to know when you're not around. Correct, because your actions will have a big impact on how they react. Because you have to adapt healthy habits such as sometimes exercising, self-care to manage your own stress and needs for the parents because children often well, mimic their being parents. Better, things being better with people, of course. Well, if my kids see me every morning, if I get up every morning, read the Bible, lay on the floor, read the Bible and stuff, and then that, that's good teachings. And then, it, you know, then one morning I might come out and see her or something, lay on the floor, read the Bible. True. Like, damn, my dad do it all the time. You know, it's good, healthy habits and stuff. And then, shoot, you know, got to teach them something for when I'm, like, life-learning teachings. When I'm not around, Correct. I can't be around forever. Correct. Another thing to, is. To, so, 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 things, so things that they would would be embedded to them. Gotcha. Which I Another say. thing is keep, keep an eye out for new signs and new behaviors of unresolved stress is what parents need to do. And I talked about listening to your children, but it's very important that we learn to listen to your child without, one, being critical, because that's what happened with a lot of parents. I know my parent, Michelle, I don't know about yours, was very critical, and she would hear us, but she wouldn't hear us, and we would act it out, and she didn't know where a lot of our stuff was coming from, but a lot of stuff was coming from the stuff happening in the home, or the, the, the review that, or the response that we would get back from our parents. So we have to listen to your child without being critical or without solving the problem for them. It goes back again to providing guidance to teach your child ways to understand and solve problems that upset them. Have them talk it out. It provides affection and encouragement and use positive reinforcement methods of discipline that promotes healthy self-esteem. A lot of times we're so busy trying to tell our kids why they shouldn't feel, that's why when they become adults, they don't know how to deal with relational issues, employment issues, because they weren't taught how to regulate their emotions. If parents don't know how to regulate their emotions, how are they going to just automatically teach their children? And what's happening is we're relying on schools, churches, and television to teach our kids. And it's blowing up in our face. Any comments in regards to that, Michelle? Yeah, well, you know already that the stress and the stuff that I was under, and I mean, looking back at it all, you know, even though I kept, I would say, you know, well, this or that or whatever, 
you know, I see myself now that I'm a little more flexible, more calmer, because like when you were talking about other people living in the house and, you know, people, and, and, and like Reggie said about different situations going on, it could be like um, a death and as you know what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing that, you know, it, it made it, it tore me and my other, my oldest daughter apart. And then mm-hmm. my youngest daughter, you know what happened with that situation, which is still a mess. I had my dad take me but, to Skid Row. Um, He's, my dad walked me down Skid Row. He said, either things going to be this way or this way, little Reggie. He said, this is what comes from not taking care of your responsibilities. So you want to be laying on the floor like one of these people out here? And, and, and that was a life-learning experience when he did. I barely even knew that dude. But see, but you say that, Reggie, but then I remember when he was five years old, he was living in five years. So they don't pay that much rent. That stuck with me. Well, when we talk about these things, I want to also I didn't end up that way. Another thing is children tend to also be sensitive to noise. A lot of times individuals don't realize how noise bothers children and makes them more susceptible to daily stress. It can be a trigger. So sometimes kids do need some quiet time. You know, kids that live like by railroad tracks, airplanes flying around, um, a lot of noise in the neighborhood, people playing loud music. A lot of times individuals don't realize that that stress kids out because they don't know if the plane go crash on the house. They don't know. If the, you know, it, it can also add to some of their, their stress. Any comments in regards to that, Michelle? Because I don't, I don't know if you've ever lived around a lot of noise. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my daughter, she'll hear the train or the plane or a motorcycle. And even that noise sets her off. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been around where I've stayed where there's noise and I just, it's, it's, to me, it's, I don't know, I need to have peaceful, quiet, and I just consistently do my meditation and my yoga and a lot of people don't think it makes a difference, but I think it makes a big difference. But when you're know, around a lot of noise, it can, it can make you react different ways. You know what? It's funny you said yoga. I was trying to do yoga last night. I mean, yesterday. I couldn't even get on the floor. I was like, Ryder, can you help Granny get on the floor? I'm talking to my yoga <laughs> like, Granny, you did this wrong. Granny, that's not how you do it. Girl, I couldn't do none of the poses. I couldn't even get on the floor, off the floor. I said, okay, girl, floor. I'll come over and get you on the floor, okay? My part's going to be getting off the floor. Because I was doing, I did, it, did my yoga and I got on the floor. But I was so tired last night after I did the yoga, I was having a hard time getting off the floor. I couldn't even do it. I was like, floor. okay. I couldn't, I couldn't even do it. So another thing, like I said, identifying stress in children. We talked about some of the identifiers. We talked about some of the ways parents can do better. And, uh, how how you do know, you identify you know, stress in the child? By their behavior. What be going on? by what they see and not telling them that what they see is not their reality by listening to your child. See, one of the things I noticed as a parent is you minimize a lot of the things that your kids say. You minimize it as if it don't exist. 
It exists in their world. You have to hear them out. Your children are under a lot of stress. And you don't know what to do because you're asking that question is how do you know? You listen to if your child is having seizures, if your child is wet in a bed at night, if your child is afraid yeah, to go I mean, to there's school, something going on. And that then that's what you gotta question. But that's Right. Then that means there's something going on, and, and, and there's usually something going on with the the mother or the father. My point exactly. Ah, the child in the heartbeat. What's up? What's going on? Yeah, but it's also Reggie how you ask the child what's going on. It's how you communicate with your child because your child is not going to always verbalize because they may not know how. Yeah, communication is to communication verbalize. is everything. And you also and you have, to have, have a child to be, wanted to speak to you. You have to also be honest. Now, you have to encourage your child to talk to you about any problems he or she may be having and to talk about their feelings openly and honestly and not for them to be shut down, not to tell them how they feel or why they feel, not to ignore them, but you also have to listen. And you have to be honest, because one of the most important and effective ways human beings can deal with stress is by talking to someone about their problems. Even if your child is unable to express what he or she is upset about, just having you act encouraging that person to talk can make a big difference. And with small kids, depending on the child, Michelle, art therapy is very good. Have them drop. I have people tell me. I have people tell me straight up, and I was and, and, and solid man. This is what life is. Life yeah, is what you make it. That was not ready. So ready. either so either life ready. could be this way or it could be it could be totally. Ready. ready. That is not what life. You could is. be a king or you could be a bum on the streets. Ready. <laughs> that is not what life. And that and that's is. what it all boils down to. That is Life not is what, what it all boils down to. Life is not that you can be a kid or be a bum on the street. That is so not true. And again, it goes back to regulating your emotions. That goes back to maturity. That goes back to accepting responsibilities. Because some individuals that are down on skid row, like he said, his father took him down on skid row. And some individuals down there have drug and alcohol problems. They have mental health issues. There's a lot of ways that individuals wind up down on skid row. Just because a person has a job doesn't mean that they don't stress. Just because a person is dealing with certain things or even if they have money, it doesn't mean that they don't stress. So, yeah, I put you back on mute again, Reggie, because one of the things is having to be more realistic of what is going on. And I know you deal with your stress, and I know you deal with your stress differently. But it's not about a bum on the street or being a kid. Because when we start talking about our children, our children are our future. Our children are going through so much stuff. And the sad part about it is sometimes kids connect with other people because they can't connect with their parents when they're dealing with a lot of different things. That's where aunties become important. Grandparents become important. Coaches, teachers, you know, Michelle, when you was growing up, did you have someone that you could um, connect to, to reach out to with some of the things you were going through? 
No, or just actually, keep discipline. No, actually, well, when I was growing up, I I had my grandfather, but then I think you remember I had an accident when I was just going into high school, so there was four years that went bye-bye. Um, so as I was growing up older, I, you know, I met my husband, and I, I had friends that I could talk to, but as far as my mom, you know, she was dealing with raising three kids and, and my father passing away. So I just kind of, I, I don't know, it just, I didn't have a lot of people I could reach out to. Um, and you know what, and that's why I'm glad that people have mentors. You know, I tried to have people in my kids' life. I'm not saying that they were the most positive people in their life, as I could tell from Reggie's output of things he's saying. No, they, but, were the, they were the most positive. But the thing is, it's not a black or white issue. And sometimes we have to be more open-minded, and a lot of it has to do with our core belief system. I, I always connected myself to older women, you know, and, and I thank God Ms. Park is still alive. She's 80-something years old. I still have mother to sell. So I have other individuals that I can go to and talk to that would listen to me and would give me guidance, directions on things so that I wouldn't just put things in a bubble. Because life is precious and life is short, but sometimes life is can be what you make it. But we do need to have an outlet. Because like I said, we have good stressors and we have bad stresses. Good right, stressors so is, is what, getting what married, the, what a graduation. Reggie, I'm talking. A birthday. Right, Those are good stressors. Bad stressors is losing a job, losing a parent, you know, not having appropriate housing. Those are some of the bad stressors. Now, Reggie, what would you agree to say? I lost my train of thought. So when we start talking about this, we have to promote stress relief for our children. Reggie, what are some of the things you go do to try to help some of your kids get rid of their stressors? Yeah, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother okay. I, I just talked to my I just talked to my kid last night. Okay. One of them is connect. Connect with your children, connect with your kids. Because again, Children and teens need to have a solid connection with parents and other adults to fully benefit from their experience, wisdom, and support. Don't forget to spend time with your children. And I'm going to emphasize this again, communication is huge, but we got to listen to them and connect together that you both enjoy. Um, The other day, my daughter celebrated her 33rd birthday. Ryder wanted to play cards. He wanted to shuffle the cards. I knew he didn't know how to shuffle. So I would let him sit in my lap. When it was my turn to play, I would let him play. Right, but he could engage mm-hmm. in regards to, but what my, what I was trying to do was teach him the colors of the card, the numbers and the letters on the card. So I was making it a learning teach him, teach him what card, Teach him what cards to play. Another thing is when you're doing this, if the lines of communications are open, they'll be more likely to talk to you and use you as a resource when they stress. A lot of times, kids will say, well, I can't talk to my parent or my parent is, is too busy. Another thing is cut down on unnecessary stressors, meaning today's kids and teens are more scheduled than previous generations. In some ways, this is a positive thinking because kids are involved 
and many structured activities are exposed to skill building experience and have opportunities to make friends. I know when my kids were little, we did karate, we did baseball, did flag football, we did basketball. Yeah, and like I told sports. you, you know, sports and stuff, sports and stuff teach discipline. That's a good thing to keep kids involved in. Because mm-hmm. it teaches discipline and stuff. And they teach them, yeah. you know, like like uh, adult skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you that. Okay. Have you thought about mm-hmm. getting your kids involved in some sports or perhaps coaching their team? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm you better way. do it before they get grown. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, okay, you're on your way. Sorry, guys. Another thing is when we start talking about that, and I asked Reggie that question because I know I did it. I know, you know, my siblings or whatever, we tried to do whatever we could to try to teach our kids to have outdoor activities and get them involved in things. But we know that when kids get a certain age, they go their own way. Another thing is if you suspect your child or your children is overscheduled, overstressed, Learn to set priorities and cut back. Yes, as you would your own schedule. You know, I've talked to parents sometimes, and they say that their kids are over-involved in different things. You have to find out what's important, what's a priority. Michelle, how are you with getting your kids to try to cut back on some things if you see that your child is overwhelmed or over-involved? Because a lot of times, kids are so busy trying to please their parents. And they'll try to do a lot of things that may be unnecessary. How and how would you know how to cut back or help your child cut back on some of the things that they're doing? Okay, so you want to know how I would know how to have my child cut back on Because it broke up a little bit. I'll use myself as an example. When I was in school, I was always involved in like the politics of the school, I was class president. I would be the cheerleader, drum majorette, or in the band, or in the orchestra. I was a straight-A student. I was over I was always overwhelmed in a lot of different activity and things. My mother didn't know how to say, yeah, maybe you should cut back on the band, or maybe you should not do this. I mean, but I had a whole lot of stuff going on. Now, right. part of it was keeping me busy, and I appreciate it because it gave me good work ethic, but how would you handle it? Because some parents also, depending on one's culture, I've heard kids say, well, my parents want me to do all of these different things, and it's too much. How would you help your child to balance things out and adjust? Because when they involve sometimes well, you got to be involved. That's right. And, okay, I know there's a lot of people and parents that they have a lot of expectations with, from their kids, which puts too much pressure on them. Yeah. I would talk to my kids, and I'd say, okay, you've got five things you're doing. Pick the three that you like best, and let's go with those and eliminate the other two for now, and we'll see how it goes. And then if that's not, you know, maybe for like six to eight weeks, and then if you can do it that way and then switch off and see. So like if they're, you know how like kids are doing soccer, uh, cheerleading, uh, basketball, and then they have their homework and they're going to school. So you've got to cut back on there's too many outdoor activities and do something that's more fun, that's more mm-hmm. relaxing because you're too, 
you're too, like, as you know, I've been overwhelmed. You're doing too many things. So you've got to cut back. And people, mm-hmm. you know, you just explain to your kids, okay, and if my daughter had come to me, which she didn't until she melted down and said, you know, I was hard enough to get through high school, you know, how does anybody expect me to get through college? Well, now I understood why she didn't want to go on the OT program. I, if she had just talked to me, I'd have said, you know, it's fine. Do what you want because you're the one who has to do it and you don't want to overwhelm yourself. But mm-hmm. I know that kids don't want to disappoint their parents. So that's where I think it needs to come with the parent need to help them relieve some of that and be okay with it. Even if they're not okay with it, be okay with mm-hmm. telling their child, Hey, it's okay. If you don't want to do soccer anymore too much and you want to do this and this, and this that's fine. You know, so eliminate some things, but give them positive feedback. I know you're good at doing this, but if you could only do three things, which three would you do? We'll eliminate two. Does that make sense? Correct. It does. I remember when my daughter graduated from high school and I wanted her to play college basketball. And she straight out told me, if you want somebody to play basketball, you play basketball. I wanted her to do the American title. I wanted her to see. My daughter got to the point, she was like, if you want to act, you do it. If you want, she, and I didn't take it as being her being disrespectful. She just got to the point to where she was just like enough is enough. Now with Reggie, Reggie was an athlete. Reggie got us good. He made sure he was great. So he didn't have to play football, do nothing. Reggie was like, when they said we got a C, a 2.0, he was like, oh, I got something for that. So so one of the things is it all boils down to mental health. Because taking care of our own mental health is also especially important. Now, given that the uncertainties, like I said, surrounding COVID-19, we got to remember that problem, man. We got to remember that kids look to parents to know how to deal with stressful and anxiety-provoking situations. They look to their parents. I don't have my mother anymore. My mother passed on. My father passed away. I used to love calling my mother and asking my mother that I didn't know how to deal with, especially even being a parent. So, but we do look for our to our parents, you know, and we look to mentors, we look to individuals. Now, we got to make sure that you not only address any mental health issue, but you also take time to relax and de-stress. Michelle, that is so important. And that's one thing I can say I learned from my daughter. My daughter can't right? She taught me how to just to sit back because the problem is kids learn by watching the parents. So make sure you set positive examples on how to deal with stressful situations and maintain good mental health. I like what you were talking about about therapy because you're teaching your kids, Michelle, that therapy is okay. Because when parents have untreated mental health issues, Children are more likely to develop mental health problems of their own. This means that if you're feeling down, have lost energy, or notice changes in your eating or sleeping habits, you should talk to your doctor because these symptoms could mean that the parent can also be struggling with anxiety. So we have to keep in mind that untreated mental illness may make the family life inconsistent or unpredictable. So, 
anything right. you want to say it, in regards to that. I just want to say that it's true, and then also the, the meditation, the yoga. You know, I've consistently, and I've tried to tell people, because people say to me how my phone's always ringing, well, I don't answer it. A certain time, I have a certain time I shut down, and then I get mm-hmm. up and I say, okay, I'm going to do this and do, like you said, whether you're doing the yoga, okay, and if you oh, do the meditation, um, you do the exercise, and I tell myself Monday through Friday is I'm going to do my exercise, Monday through Friday I'm going to do my meditation and my yoga, but if I have to do it on a Saturday or Sunday, the way the pandemic is, every day is the same way now, so it doesn't matter, you know, um, and if I have to do if I need to do it seven days a week, and I teach my kids, you know, it's okay to, my special needs kids can't really do yoga, but I teach them how to take a deep breath, you know, mm-hmm. and breathe out. And that's why the woman, she said Miranda was making noises. What she was doing was doing her breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, but I think it is good. And if I had doing this when everything else was going on, because as you know, what went on in my life, you know, I feel like, things would have been different. However, sure. there are people that tell me that it wouldn't matter what you did. There's nothing you could change. Nothing you could have done to change what was going to happen because that was God's plan and this is the plan well, and it wouldn't matter if you're a superwoman. You can't change death or people dying. And a lot of times we do take on more than we can chew and we have to learn how to balance things out because, Michelle, you know I was running around as a therapist, I could take with my head cut off, and I've had to cut back on a lot of things. And I right. had to learn how to not let things overwhelm me and learn how to say no. And, I mean, even right now, I'm sitting in my living room in Compton doing a radio show. I'm going to go outside because my friend is cutting my tree down. So I'm going to go out there and help him and then go back to see clients. But then when it's time for me to go to sleep, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to take a nap. So right. I want to thank you for... Joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio as we're talking about identifying stress in children. And my son, no, he's one of the only people that can make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. So I got him mute right now. So I know he's going to call me back because he got to tell me why he's not working today because he better not be on his way to California. Be on his way to California, I might be on my way to Arizona. So. Oh, you can come to, you, uh, Jeanette, Jeanette, you can come to my house. No one knows where I'm at. Okay, I'm going to have to come out at your house if you come to California because uh, I'm not dealing with you. So, again, okay. identifying stress in children, young adults. And tomorrow I want to talk more about accountability. You know, we got the elections coming up. We got, you know, we got so much stuff going on. We got to learn how to keep people accountable and not break them down. We got to stop breaking down people. You know, we talked about encouragement. We talked about being positive. We talked about a lot of different things. But we got to learn how to hold people accountable without breaking them down. Because we do have to do better because people are out here suffering. People are out here, and it's a challenging time right now. And no one is perfect, but we do have to do better. You know, hell, I just say let's do better. I was trying to come up with a topic, Michelle. I didn't know what to talk about. But <laughs> so... Oh, I gotta, that's a good topic. Accountability is a good topic. And before you go, because I have another Zoom meeting for the next two hours, I wanted just to tell you something real quickly. And you'll get a laugh out of this one, and you can take it to and think about discussing it when you discuss the foster care system next. Okay? 
The case got closed today, but you know what? And people do this. They have to have the last word. Here's a comment for you. Well, we're all agreeing to close, but you know how when county council agrees to close, but then there's minor's mm. attorney? Minor's mm. attorney got switched out. Now this new woman's on, on this case, okay? And then she has to make the comment, well, we're going to go ahead and agree to close, but there are concerns that the mom is staging everything. Oh, my God. You know what? We're going to talk about really, that later. You should, be really pr- you should be really proud of this mother and the mother's attorney because neither one of them opened their mouth to, de- to, put, themsel- to put herself and to lower them to her standards. So, well, and then the judge talked to the child, and the child was very happy. Okay. So, well, I'm we'll proud talk of about you. it later. But I'm proud of you. And you got through that. You did the best you could. Don't live your life. Live your life. So, again, thank you for joining us. We'll talk. But tomorrow's topic is about what? We got to learn how to hold people accountable. Okay? Right. All right. Have a good day. Percy Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio. Until tomorrow, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Let me tell you bye. Let me see. Oh, he hung up. Oh, no, he didn't. Okay. Bye-bye.